You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rates and Lanes podcast. I am your host, Rico Muhammad. And, boy, I tell you, coming around the corner on two wheels, trying to get in here to make sure we can bring the podcast to you guys tonight. So I definitely appreciate everyone for tuning in tonight. Tonight we are going to uh, switch up gears just a little bit. Of course, we're going to cover some rates and lanes. We're going to cover... Uh, the bad broker report, some information from uh, the USDA, and also we're going to cover the uh, DAT trend lines. But we are going to be joined tonight by a special guest, a member of the Less Truck team, Mr. Dale Howard. And we're going to talk about compliance because we got the ELD mandate breathing right down our neck. And so if you got questions pertaining to if you haven't got something in place yet or if you got questions on how to conduct yourself on any, if you may get stopped for an inspection or so on and so forth, we got some resources for you guys tonight for you to be able to call in, ask questions. That's what is definitely, um, that's what we're here for. So we want to bring that information and make that available for you. So we're going to have Mr. Dale Howard joining us here in just a little bit. With that being said, and without any further ado, um, Let's see if we can get over here and get into what we normally do, and that is rates and lanes. Let's talk about what we're seeing right now coming out of the USDA off the uh, fruit and vegetable report that came out a little bit earlier today. Uh, we got some a little bit of movement on this report, which is always good news when we got some movement, especially in the shortage and slight shortage direction. And there is a lot of movement on this, uh, on this current uh, report that came out. So without any further ado, I'm going to list off all of the areas that have a shortage of trucks, a shortage of supply of trucks in those areas, which spells opportunities for people with dry vans, reefers, and flatbeds. Um, or if you got Conestogas, we can load, it depends on the produce, they can load certain different things on different uh, truck modes, but depending on the produce, and you, you should be able to know what that is by your mode of operation. But those areas where the shortages are being reported, San Luis Valley, Colorado, Idaho, Merle County, Oregon, Upper Valley, Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho, Nebraska, Columbia Basin out of Washington, Yakima Valley, and Winchy District, Washington. Those areas are all reporting a shortage of trucks. There's a low supply of trucks in those areas. So that spells opportunities. The next area that we're going to list off are areas where they are reporting slight shortages. Once again, opportunities abound, especially if you're working that spot market. Uh, those areas that we're going to list off here for slight shortages is central and western Arizona, Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona, Kern District, California, Oxnard District, California, Santa Maria, California, uh, Mexico crossing through Texas, and central Wisconsin. All of those areas are areas that are reporting a slight shortage of supply of trucks in those areas. And we have one area that you 
being reported that there is a surplus of trucks in that area, meaning that there's way more trucks than there is uh, supply of freight in that area without any surprise is Central and South Florida. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you got some things to um, maybe plot out on some of your future trips. We're going to try to get a copy of this posted enough on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page. Give me a brief second, and I will try to get that up and on board. But without any further ado, we're going to jump over into the next segment, and we're going to jump into the, this week's DAT trend lines. And we have some movement on the trend lines as well. Van rates, which rose prior to Thanksgiving, just keep giving more higher rates. Last week, the national average van rate increased $0.01 cents to $2.10 per mile three-year high. Flatbed rates also increased one cent to $2.31 per mile. For reefers, we may be experiencing a lull between Thanksgiving and Christmas as rates declined by three cents from their record high the week before. So let's jump into the meat and potatoes of the report and let's look at the van demand and capacity portion of the report for the week of December the 3rd through the 9th. Van load postings declined 14% and truck postings increased 12% last week. That caused the load to truck ratio to fall 23% from 9.3 loads per truck to a mo uh, that is that 9.3 loads per truck. That is a multi-year high level of trucks, um, of loads per truck that has been recorded since DAT has been recording uh, the, the load-to-truck ratios. The national average van rate added one cent. Taking a look back historically, van load posts increased by 11 cents in November compared to October. The truck posts fell 7 cents, excuse me, 7%. As a result, the November load-to-truck ratio increased 19% to 6.9 van loads per truck the highest monthly average in years. November ratio was 124% higher than it was in November of 2016. Also, we uh, talk about racing lanes, but fuel prices are also declining by 0.3 percentage points. National average price of diesel is sitting at $2.92 per gallon. Let's jump into the report and look and see how the rates were performing for dry vans over the previous week of December 3rd through the 9th. And as soon as our technology catches up with us, here we go. National, the national average van rate moved higher for the third week in a row, increasing $0.01 cents to $2.10 per mile, the highest van rate in three years. Regional markets experienced price increases included in the Los Angeles, Memphis, and Buffalo markets. Looking back historically over the rates, the national average van rate for November increased $0.05 cents to $2.07 per mile compared to October, that's the highest monthly average in more than three years. The rate was 40 cents higher than the average in November of 2016. 
working on the spot market, there are some opportunities that are abound if you are negotiating hard and heavy as you should be. Uh, taking a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Philadelphia, Pennsylvania checking in, showing average spot market rates for dry vans at $1.99 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing an average outbound rate on the spot market of $2.28 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois checks in, showing average spot market rates of $2.70 per mile. Moving into the south-central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas checking in, showing that outbound rate of $1.80 per mile. These are averages, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, on the outbound rates that we're giving out. And wrapping up the report, coming out of the West Coast, Los Angeles, California, showing an average outbound rate for dry vans at $2.74 per mile. Moving right along, jumping over into uh, the flatbed report, technology to cooperate. And here we go. All right. Flatbed demand and capacity report for December 3rd through the 9th. Last week's flatbed load post increased 1% and truck post increased by 11%. That caused the load to truck ratio to decline by 9% to 27.9 loads per truck. The national average rate for flatbeds moved higher last week. Um, taking a look back historically compared to October, flatbed load posts were down 29% in, in November, while truck posts declined by 3%. That resulted in a 27% decline in the load to truck ratio compared to the previous month at 29 loads per truck. The ratio was 94% higher than it was in November of 2016. All positive things moving in the right direction. Let's check and see how rates were performing for flatbeds during the December 3rd through December 9th. And starting out, prices for flatbeds remained high for, the, for this time of year. Last week, the national average flatbed rate increased $0.01 cents to $2.31 per mile. That's just $0.03 cents lower than the peak in October. When relief supplies were rushed to the southeast following Hurricane Irma, the flatbed load-to-truck ratio moved lower last week. Let's take a look back historically. The national average flatbed rate in November dipped three cents to $2.33 per mile, compared to October's record high flatbed rates of 40 cents higher than they are than they were in November of 2016. Moving right along, jumping over into the reefer segment of the DAT report. Technology's moving real slow for me tonight. Here we go. After holding steady at three-year high for the two previous weeks, the national average reefer rate dipped three cents 
last week down to $2.40 per mile. Some freight markets experienced outbound prices increased, including Atlanta, Twin Falls, Idaho, and McAllen, Texas, kind of reflecting what we just talked about on the uh, USDA report as well. The reefer load-to-truck ratio also fell from its multi-year high. Historically, in November, the national average reefer rate was $2.43 per mile, which was 11 cents higher than October's average. And then the highest monthly average since June of 2014, compared to November of 2016, the reefer rate was 47 cents higher this, uh, this go-around. So like I said, all positive information there. Taking a look around the country, for reefers, we have coming out of the uh, northeastern portion of the United States, Elizabeth, New Jersey checks in showing an average spot market rate of $2.04 per mile. Coming out of Lakeland, Florida, we're moving at $1.41 per mile on average. On average, on the spot market coming out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, good googly goo, $3.61 per mile on average coming out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Moving down to the south central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas checks in showing an average spot market rate of $2.10 per mile. And coming out of the west coast, Fresno, California, showing a, a very strong $2.41 per mile coming out of the west coast. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's DAT Trend Lines report. Uh, we're going to go back and um, go and jump into the bad broker report. Thank goodness that we do not have a laundry list from last week. We, uh, we, we only picked up two new additions to the report this week, which is encouraging from the previous times that we've had uh, read this report off to you. The first company to make the list this week is Bosnick Logistics, LLC. The older company, too. This is kind of a shame. Uh, MC number is 037489. FMCSA shows that their surety bond has been canceled. They show almost $90,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. And the next company that made uh, the list is Baraka Logistics, Inc., Another older company, uh, MC number is 043819. FMCSA shows trust fund is scheduled to cancel on 12-16-17. Over $19,000 in non-compliant, uh, uh, non-payment complaints have been reported. So make sure that we are staying on top of our vetting. I had to do a little bit of paperwork today myself going back. I had one of my uh, uh, person that I did some spot market work for. Unfortunately, uh, I had one of them show come up, pop up in my list. I had to make some phone calls today and and get on get on top of that to find out when the check was going to be cut because we're running about forty five pushing fifty days for a payment. So uh, make sure that you're staying on top of that. Make sure you got a good accounting system in place, something that gives you t- some type of warning so that you can stay on top of that stuff and don't let that get too far out of whack. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to go to the phone lines and welcome our good friend, a member of the Less Truck team, Mr. Dale Howard, up and on board with us. Dale, how are you doing this evening? 
Hey, great, Rico. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate it anytime we can get together. And for those of you that don't know, uh, just want to let you guys know, uh, Dale, won't you give the people a brief little history about yourself so that you know they, they, they can have a little understanding on what, you, what it is that you're bringing to the table for us tonight? Sure. I, uh, I retired out of a 23-year law enforcement career. I'm uh, too honest to steal and too lazy for a paper route, so I'm back trucking. Uh, my last uh, my last seven years of my career were spent uh, in commercial vehicle enforcement. Um, I, I was a CBSA instructor for our department. Have conducted thousands of uh, roadside inspections and and taught uh, hundreds of officers how to perform an inspection. Uh, collision uh, investigator for uh, commercial vehicle accidents and. Uh, been uh, driving tractor trailer for oh gosh, 37 years now. So I'm one of the dinosaurs. Uh, I drove off and on, you know, part time while I was on the job, owned my own trucks, and back now being a company driver and in the uh, semi-retirement mode, pulling a reefer. Cool beans, cool beans. Well, that that should <laughs> let everyone know that Dale is definitely qualified to answer any any of your questions that you may have tonight about compliance issues. But one thing in particular that we wanted to bring up and we wanted to broach the subject on, and that's the uh, in the the uh, pending ELD mandate that's coming right down the pike this week. Uh, well, I should say next week rather. Um, and Dale, what do you think? What what are some things that um, if if some of our listeners don't already have something in in place for their company or whatever, what are some of the things that they may need to be uh, concerned about? They need to pull over right now and get on the internet and order an ELD. Um, we've known for two years this date is coming, and uh, the FMCSA and their guidance on enforcement has made it very clear that, you know what, uh, you've you've known this date for two years, and come Monday morning at twelve oh one, anybody that is required to have an ELD that doesn't have one is fair game for enforcement. Um, I'll, I'll clear up some myths. Uh, the latest rumor floating around is, well, if I have an order form, I can just show it to the officer and he'll cut me some slack. I wouldn't hang your hat on that. Uh, that is would strictly be up to that officer. Uh, it's not FMCSA policy. Uh, again, they were very clear that this date was announced two years ago, and here we are. Um, another one that some groups are floating around is, well, you know, we've got 90 days because, you know, there's soft enforcement until April the 1st till we go out of service. And uh, I'll shoot that myth down. Um, the only reason you're not being placed out of service right now is CBSA, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, and that's the... Uh, that's the organization that all these law enforcement agencies belong to that, that set the out-of-service criteria and set the standard for roadside inspections. That out-of-service criteria goes into effect April the 1st every year. So the only reason you're not being placed out of service until April 1 is the new out-of-service guide doesn't kick in until April the 1st. So 
if you get stopped, you have a real good chance of having a citation issued, and the numbers are all over the board. Uh, Washington State is up to, uh, I've heard, $1,500. I think Idaho is up to $500. Uh, Montana is, is, uh, seems to be uh, floating around that $500 mark. And yes, the FMCSA won't assess the carrier points on their CSA score, but as a driver, you will accue, accrue the points on your PSP score. So it's, uh, you know, there was a lot of bad information floating around and, and a lot of groups saying, well, yeah, it's not really going to happen. And, you know, we've got senators in our pocket and yeah, we're going to get a two year extension. And yeah, that's, uh, the clock is, uh, is winding down and, uh, you got five days left to get into compliance. Let me jump in for a second and ask you this question, Dale. Um, I know that a lot of people. Um, what about for the older trucks? They were saying that there was some there, there was some, some yep. stuff out there about the older truck. Depending on what year the truck was, uh, would have to comply yep. with the uh, mandate. Uh, what can you tell us about that? If the engine is 1999 or older then you don't have to uh, comply with the mandate. But you will have to convince the officer on the side of the highway that your 2014 or 2018 glider kit has got a 1999 engine in it. So somewhere, uh, if you're in that boat, make sure that you know where the VIN plate is that shows the manufactured date of that engine that you can pop the hood and convince the officer that uh, you're running an exempt truck. Uh, there's a 90-day exemption for agricultural uh, livestock haulers uh, with uh, that are hauling animals, livestock, pigs, cattle, sheep, horses, goats, uh, bees. Uh, they've been granted a 90-day uh, exemption until they try and sort some of this out. Um, the rumor mill at CBSA is, they are going to, they know the 14 hour clock is a problem. And rumor has it that, you know, now that we're gonna have some hard data and everything runs on numbers, uh, you know, they're gonna be in a better position to uh, open Pandora's box and, uh, and fix the 14 hour clock. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, everybody's argument that, you know, ELDs aren't flexible. Well, neither were the hours of service. A paper log wasn't flexible either. You know, we either lied, cheated, or committed fraud when we signed up that said it was true and accurate. So the hours of service regulation has not changed. It's just how we record it. And, uh, and I think one of the other great unintended consequences of this will be is right now there's zero incentive for a shipper or receiver to change how they do business because they understand that you'll go back out to your truck and you'll rewrite history and you'll deliver the load on time regardless how long you've sat there for free so that changes in five days so i think uh, you know for the negatives and trust me i am somebody way smarter than me dreamed this up 
and it's I'm I'm not for or against. Uh, it's just this is this is the hand we've been dealt. So this is these are the cards we got to play, and we just have to make the most of them. And I've been uh, I've been on electronic log for seven months now, and uh, I haul produce, pull a reefer, multiple picks, sometimes multiple drops, and all we have to do. And I know people hate to hear this, but it's planning. And the sun will come up December the 19th, and the earth won't fall off its axis. And uh, it's going to be business as usual. And for those of us who have our acts together, I think, you know, the rates are uh, are showing, you know, such tremendous strength right now. There's going to be a lot of money to be made. And you just need to be poised to take advantage of that. Yeah, Dale. Oh. There, there we are. Okay. Uh, yeah, you was breaking up a little bit. I so, just wanted to make sure that we kept you in there. Oh, so, yep. ladies, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, if you got questions, I see we got a bunch of people on the line. If you got some questions, if you got some uh, things that you've been hearing, if you would like to get some things cleared up, you can press number one. That puts you in the call queue for us to be able to come to you and, and, and get you up and on board with us so you can ask Dale your questions. Uh, excellent opportunity to take advantage of that. While we're at it, Dale, um, you were talking about some of your history as an officer. What are some uh, just some simple things that and, and some pointers? Because we got new listeners that may be listening in. Some simple things that people could do to be proactive uh, about handling a roadside inspection or even a full level one inspection inside of a, a, a scale house. What are some things that some people sure. could probably do to maybe make that experience go a little bit smoother? Well, and for, for anybody that sat through any one of my presentations at the CMC, do not look like a wounded gazelle. Because if you look like a wounded gazelle when you're going down the road, somebody in law enforcement is going to come by and eat you. So just, you know, you don't have to be driving a show truck. Just pay attention to the little things. And... Uh, do a pre-trip. Just do something. You know, pretend that you care. Do a pre-trip. Stay on top of things, and uh, and don't make yourself a target. And if you are selected, don't forget you get one chance to make a first impression. Use it wisely. Uh, when I was on the job, in uh, my last posting was a patrol location, so. I would drive around and, and uh, look for violators. And if I could find three things wrong with you at 60 miles an hour, then I would pull you over and see what you did for a pre-trip inspection. And if you can't tell me what you did for pre-trip inspection and just rattle it off, then being the nice guy that I was, I'd put on my coveralls and I'd do one for you. And just to throw this out, when I stopped somebody, I never wrote the ticket. In 23 years, I never wrote a ticket for the reason I stopped you. There was always something else, and it was usually bigger and better than when I stopped you. So our goal should be to go up and down the highway and just not be stopped. Let's not give law enforcement a reason to stop us. 
you know, just make sure that your equipment is uh, is roadworthy. You know, stay on top of your maintenance. Like I say, you don't have to drive a show truck because there's lots of a uh, lot of older iron out here that's uh, you know looking you know pretty uh, you know in, in really good mechanical shape. Just uh, you know, just look after your stuff and pre-trip, pre-trip, pre-trip. So going back, just backing up for just a second, just wanted to make sure. So the older trucks, 99 and older, they are fully exempt. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how long that exemption kicks in. Uh, Because realistically, and it won't take long before somebody comes up with something that's compatible with that you know, with the older technology, but um, it, uh, the FMCSA has kind of taken the, uh, you know, taken a look at it and said, well, you know, anything older than that's not going to be around the road, you know, be on the road that much longer. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, how they find with the older engines, you know, how many trucks are out there and how many are exempt and with a stroke of a pen, you know, they can make you unexempt and you have to comply. So I'd be careful with that if I was hanging my hat on that and, and running amok. Because if you, uh, you know, paper log, you're certainly going to be under a lot more scrutiny. And uh, I can tell you, I was not the smartest guy that ever put on a uniform. And I retired undefeated in hours of service violations. I I have yet to lose a trial in hours of service, and uh, I was declared an expert witness for court testimony in hours of service. So, it, with today's technology, it's just not that hard to find you. Uh, anybody that follows Jackie warmly on Facebook, uh, she posts when her truck goes by a certain spot in Wyoming because she always looks on that highway cam, and uh, it's just way too easy to find you. So. Don't uh, don't be taking the paper log exemption as a license to tell stories because it's just going to bite you in the butt. Okay, well, we look like we got someone that's got their hand raised real quick. Let's go and grab them. Uh, Mick, you're up and on board with Rico and Dale. How can we help? Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Great, thanks. Well, thank good. You hey, a uh, couple, couple things. Um I'm running the big road uh, um, uh, Bluetooth uh, on a tablet, and I, I just I've got the dash link enabled now. I've been running that for about two weeks, but uh, um, I believe Dave Nemo's show in the morning. He's talking about uh, that. There's a, is the requirement that the tablet has to be mounted to the dash because um, you know paper logs don't have to do that. I is that new? And then also, do we have to have the stickers on the truck? In uh, good questions, uh, I uh, I reread the regulation last week, and that's three and a half hours out of my life I'll never see again. <laughs> and my eyes started to bleed. Um, I can't find anywhere in the regulation that states that you have to have the stickers nor that it has to be hard-mounted. 
Uh, the only caveat to that is, however, in Canada, you are required to have the stickers that say you're running an electronic log. So if you're doing anything cross-border, uh, Canadians want to know if you're on an e-log because we're always two years late, two years late to the party. Uh, Canada's not jumping on the e-log train until 2020. Okay. And I'm I'm and running then, uh, um, I'm running okay, keep tracking, and uh, I'm just running it on my cell phone, and uh, you know I've just got a mount, a magnetic mount that sticks it to the dash, but I couldn't find anywhere in the regulation that says it has to be hard mounted to somewhere in the truck. Okay, great. That's all I had. All right, Mick, we appreciate it. Put you back on hold. And uh, so what are some other little things that, that people need to be made aware of when it comes to uh, ELDs? Uh, Dale, what would you, what would you not really uh, – in the business of giving recommendations as far as one particular one over the other one. But um, for, for someone that's a one truck, one truck Charlie or whatever, you don't have to go out here and uh, spend uh, uh, $15,000 to get, to, to be able to become compliant. There are a, a lot of uh, lower entry level solutions that are out there that are available. Uh, Mick was just talking about he was running Big Road. I, I used to run Big Road, uh, and this was before they came out with the Dashlink. Uh, I, I was running Big Road uh, a couple of years back. I've since switched over to uh, a product from Rand McNally. They have the TND 760 that they sell in the truck stops. Um, but but just kind of, if you could, if you could maybe just tell the folks, you know, some different solutions that, that are out there that they don't have to spend uh, – tens of thousands of dollars to get to be able to get that uh, operations compliant? Oh, sure. You know, they're, uh, uh, Big Road's a great product. Uh, I, I tested that. Uh, Keep Trucking is a great product, and, and we're just a, uh, we've got 16 trucks, and uh, that's the solution we, we chose. And, you know, for 30 bucks a month, you get, per unit, per truck, you get, uh, if to reporting your, uh, ECM link, you know, you're fully compliant with, uh, with all the rules and, uh, it's a great product. You know, there, uh, there's just so many of them out there. Uh, the only thing you have to be careful of is just go onto the FMCSA's website and they will, uh, they will list, uh, who's, uh, registered and, uh, and who isn't, but, uh, yeah, you know, for twenty, thirty bucks a month, you can you can be fully compliant and uh, not a huge expense. And uh, that after report just saves you a pile of aggravation and is is well worth it uh, just on its own. Uh, there's a product if you're if you're not comfortable uh, handing the officer your tablet or your cell phone, and and I've heard that a lot. Uh, I'm here to tell you that when I'm doing a roadside inspection. And if you handed me your phone, and I would probably look at the uh, at your uh, duty status and flip back while I'm standing there. And uh, my experience has been when I hand the officer my phone, he'll flip through it, hand it right back to me, and then go back to the car and uh, do whatever he has to do. 
Um, I don't think the officer is going to update your Facebook status for you or check to see how long you've been logged into Pornhub or, uh, you know, pay your visa <laughs> bill or pay his visa bill. Uh, all great stories, but yeah, I don't think they're going to be interested in that. Um, I've, I've only had one officer that, uh, when I asked him, you know, do you want to look at it here on my phone? Do you want me to, uh, do you want me to email it to you? Uh, what do you want to do? And, uh, I've only had one that's, uh, asked me to email it to him. Uh, the rest of them have been more than happy to just, uh, stand there and, and look at the information on the phone because, you know, they don't want the exposure of, uh, you know, taking your phone back to the car and, and something happens, you know, they don't want that aggravation. And, uh, yeah, I just yeah, it's don't funny think that's going to that. be a it's huge funny you issue. Say that, Dale, because there was a story floating around. Um, I, I forgot where it was reported from, but they were saying how um, they were using your social media also to uh, put you out of service in some in some some cases. Can you t- can you do you know anything about that? Can you ex- expound on that a little bit Absolutely. more? Absolutely, and, and maybe. Give a give a word to a, a a hint to the wise out there that maybe li- of our listeners that are listening in about their sure. social media activity, certain things that they maybe don't want to be posting. <laughs> well, ab- absolutely, you know, and uh, and uh, and I'm uh, I'm a uh, a mediocre good Catholic guy, and uh, number eleven, if you're counting, is thou shalt not lie to the police, and number twelve is thou shalt not post anything stupid on social media. And yes, you do have the right to remain stupid, but please don't. Uh, I can tell you, if I was in law enforcement, I would be a member of every anti-ELD group on the planet. And I don't think your roadside inspections would be that random. And there was a case in Washington State where one of our gifted drivers was posting stupid comments on Facebook, and uh, the FMCSAs declared him as an imminent hazard and shut him down over a picture of a, uh, oh. a hose clamp and something on his uh, throttle pedal. So anything stupid you put out there is there forever. Um, the ELD protests, uh, you know, if anybody's following them, there's a picture of a girl, of, of a lady and I'll use that term loosely, standing beside a truck where they've spray-painted, you know, no ELD and anti-ELD and whatever, and she's standing there flipping the camera, the bird, both fingers. That's a picture that is all over the Internet and has made her famous, and that'll stay there forever. So be very, very, very careful what you post on social media and just because you go in, post it, and then realize, oh, geez, I'm an idiot, and go back in there and delete it, it's there. And it's out there, and chances are it will come back to bite you in the butt. So, yeah, uh, limit your access on Facebook. And if you're going to post things, stop and think before you hit post. Is this something that I'm going to be proud of tomorrow? So, uh yeah, be real careful about that. And, yeah, if you think that law enforcement doesn't look at these things, and uh, the FMCSA certainly does, because uh, I think that's what spurred 
their investigation into this carrier and and yeah they've shot a guy down and from the sounds of things you know it was uh, it was a good a good call on their part but yeah be careful what you post it's amazing and, and just trying to stay along those lines because I've seen different things in, in different groups that I've just you know I just shake my head I'm like why in the world would you put that on Facebook um, but <laughs> Can, can you can you tell us maybe um, I don't know if they're getting bad information, but okay, I, I'll run down a list real quick. Um, alcohol in a commercial vehicle? Absolutely not. If that's, you are, uh, yeah, that's uh, you cannot have alcohol you're, you're, in a commercial vehicle you're on your ten hour, at all. You're on your ten-hour break. You're on your ten-hour break. You want to have your cold when you're going back there to relax. Uh, I highly, I, 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 when, when they ask me the question, I, I, you know, from what I understand, alcohol stays in your system. You may not be legally drunk, but alcohol will stay in your system for at least 24 hours. And if anything Absolutely. does yep. happen, you have to go, you have to go uh, have a, uh, a, a, a a urine sample pulled or even a blood test done, um, you, you're going to have some explaining to do. So it's not well, worth the risk if you're at work. Absolutely, and uh, and the uh, the legal limit for uh, alcohol in a commercial driver's uh, system, you know, varies. But you know, some states it's down to point zero three, as opposed to point uh, zero eight for uh, for the general public. So I can tell you from uh, from DUI check stops that I've participated in. Uh, it uh, it doesn't take much to get you at a point three, and you hit the nail on the head. You know, you go in and you have a drink or two, and you go back out to the truck and you go to bed. It's it's in your system, and God forbid something happens. Yeah, you're in a world of hurt, and that just goes back. And not to, even your fault. Not even, not even exactly. your fault. Not some, somebody running to you, but, it, but it, as a standard yep. operation, whenever you're involved in some type of accident, regardless of how minute it may be, nine times out of ten, you're going to have to go give a sample. Exactly. And, yeah, somebody somebody walks out in front of you or commits suicide, uh, every fatal accident, you're going in for, uh, you're going in for, uh, for a test. And if the, uh, if the officer catches any hint of alcohol on your breath, it's, uh, yeah, you're going for a blood test. And, uh, you know, it's just not worth the aggravation that you're going to subject yourself to. But what happens if they just have, hey, well, you know, I, I got it. I got it alcohol in the back there in the fridge. You know, I got, I'm just got it on cool. I'm going to take my 34. Uh, but, you know, but, but from where I understand the regulation, alcohol is not supposed to be in the vehicle at all. Period. Nope, no, nope. you uh, you cannot possess alcohol in a commercial vehicle unless it is listed on a manifest and secured as cargo. So if you're uh, if you feel the urge to uh, have a drink, then you need to go find a bar and go sit down and have your one beer and and or do whatever but don't be anywhere near the truck and if you decide you're on a 34-hour restart and 
you want to go on a on a bender, then uh, go get yourself a hotel room and don't go anywhere near the truck because you can you can stumble out of the bar and walk across the street to the truck stop and fall back into your truck drunk. You're still in care and control of a motor vehicle is how the charge reads in most states. And, yeah, you may as well be driving down the freeway. So, yeah, yeah. and I got Don't be uh, anywhere. I, and, and just a little story that, you know, um, I had to educate one of my customers on. Um, I, I picked up at this uh, microbrewery. Um, and that's been, a lot of those have been popping up all around the country. You got a lot of microbrewery. And you got some really uh, cool and eclectic folks that run those little microbreweries. <laughs> And uh, it, it yep. took them a little longer to get me loaded than what was anticipated. And as a token of, hey, we're sorry that uh, it took us so long to load you, uh, here's a couple of six-packs for you to go with. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to let them know, I don't drink anyway, but I had to let them know that, hey, you know, you might not want to do that <laughs> going forward because I'm not sure if, if you know, if if something happens to a carrier that pulls your load out of here, if you if by you giving them uh, a, a couple of six packs or whatever, if that might open you up to some vicarious liability. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, yeah you're you're signing your own death warrant because you're in for a world of hurt. And uh, you right. know, right now in Canada, we're getting ready to legalize marijuana, and uh, you know, Washington State, Oregon, Colorado's legalized it and and everybody's got the argument that well you know what i'm it's my own time i'll do whatever i like you know you're you're in a commercial vehicle and uh marijuana or not you know if you're a recreational drug user uh hair follicle testing is coming there's a big push that is to right. uh to uh, bring that in and, uh, you know, right now, the uh, THC stays in your system or TCH stays in your system, you know, for a while. And a lot of people get lucky and, and beat the drug test. But uh, it's more and more potent than it was back in the 70s. So Absolutely. It, is, it is staying in your system longer. And with the hair follicle testing... It's uh, it's hanging around for three months. So if you uh, if you get high today, you know February, you could fail a drug test, and your carrier has uh, you know for the new hire they have to do uh, have to do the urine test. But uh, there's nothing stating in a company policy that they can't make you pee in the bottle and do a hair follicle test. As, as part of their company policy. So be very careful about that. And the big carriers are lobbying the FMCSA to change that to allow for hair follicle testing on the uh, initial you know, pre-hiring uh, screening that's done. So, right. you know, that's okay, something, well, to, we got uh, that's something to think of. Got someone else with their hand raised. Let's go and grab Byron. Let's Byron, you up and on board with Rico and Dale. How can we help? Hey, Byron. I got a question. Hey, how you doing, Dale? It's good to hear you. Thanks for all your good, good advice out here. Appreciate it. 
everything you do for us out here helps us out. Um, My I kind of I fall in that boat that I I have an older truck, ninety seven, and so I don't need an ELD. But last week I was sitting at a shipper, and by the end of the day I was wishing that I had an ELD because me, <laughs> me and me and another truck backed up to a dock at the same time, you know, within minutes of each other, and they took the same amount of time to load us both. You know, we ended up both getting loaded right around oh. 130, 145, when it was all said and done, paperwork and everything. But I noticed he pulled out, drove over the scale, scaled, drove over, got his trailer sealed, went in, waited for the paperwork, got the paperwork and everything, went back out to his truck. You know, and I, I, my truck's lighter than most new trucks, so I didn't even have to scale because I know where my truck's at. But I got it on and parked and got my paperwork, and he left three hours before I could leave. You know, I didn't get to leave until noon, and he was he was out of there at, uh, like, 9, 9.30. Now, I've heard people say wow. that, well, the thing about it is, is once you go off duty, if you don't exceed a certain speed limit, it doesn't kick you back on driving, correct? It's, uh, the regulation states that uh, you have to be, uh, it, won't, uh, it won't kick you in until uh, five miles an hour. Yeah, so if you just if you do all that and just put, put around in first gear, you know it's not going to yeah. kick you on duty. Nope. Right. Nope. Nope. Aren't they required? Uh, oh. Yeah, wouldn't you be Sorry, required go ahead, to like go to on duty? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, he. Uh, you know, technically, when you uh, when you leave, uh, you know, when you, when you load and you pull out of the dock, and you're going in to do all your paperwork, then, yeah, technically, you're on duty not driving. But, uh, yeah. But if, but the, if they uh, don't physically go down and, and hit the button on duty, it's not going to log them on duty. So then they can just come back on. And so I'm sitting there thinking, maybe I should go to ELD. You know, if yeah, that's what the rule well, is. Yeah, and it's... Uh, and again, that's going to be another one of the unintended consequences. Uh, that should put a stop to the flying J500, where everybody's in high range going from the fuel island to circle the parking lot looking for a parking spot. If they want to stay in the off-duty mode, and yeah, you can't exceed five miles an hour. Yeah. Well, and that was that was my question: is aren't they required to? Because you know they tell me, well, it logs by the minute. So you can either save time or lose time. Sometimes you make up time because it only logs by the minute. And I'm thinking, well, if it requires logging by the minute, then the minute that they come back on duty to do their paperwork and pull out of the dock, they should be going down and logging on to on duty, which would put them in the same boat as me on a paper log. Yep. Yep, absolutely. You know, running running legal on a paper log. But I felt kind of cheated not having an ELD because... I'm sitting there for three hours longer than him, and he's gone, and he's got, you know, he ran he runs for one of the bigger, bigger companies, you know, and they run, you know, the ELDs and have been for a long time. And I just, I felt like I was slighted. I'm like, okay, I'm running legal on paper, and yet on ELD, they can break the law better than I ever thought about doing it. 
Oh, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, everybody's, uh, you know, they're, uh, everybody's looking to, uh, you know, what, what can I do to make this work the best for me? And uh, so I've seen that at produce sheds. Uh, you know, yeah, guys so will uh, pull out of a pull out of their parking spot, and you wonder what the heck are you doing? And they're just crawling until they get things straight, and then they back <laughs> take forever to back into the door, and then you know we we do the same drill as they pull out of the dock and ever so gingerly pull out until they can find a parking spot, and then back back in, and you know darn well that they've. Uh, you know, they're still logged off duty or in sleeper berth and and doing the same thing they always did. Well, I guess my question to you is, does the same seven-minute, seven- to eight-minute rule apply to the ELB as it applies to the paper logs? Well, they, you know, the paper logs, they gave you, you know, if if it didn't take more than seven or eight minutes, then, you know, you could just flag it. You didn't have to log 15. You know, the ELDs, they just assumed or made the assumption that, you know, everything records by the minute, and as soon as the truck moves, it'll start recording. So, yeah, they haven't, uh, they haven't you know, defined anything uh, like that. Uh, I will say that, you know, I've had to run hard a couple of times to, you know, make my own deadline, certainly not a deadline a customer's shed, but, you know, when I've wanted to get home for a specific event and uh, running, an, running an electronic log versus paper, uh, you gain about two, two and a half hours a week if you're, uh, if you're really running hard and, and being aggressive, because instead of, you know, 15 minutes for a pre-trip, I can do a pre-trip in six, and uh, you know, same thing. Fueling. If I uh, if I uh, wind up with a free island, and boom, I can be in and fueled uh, within six minutes. So it, uh, you know, over seven days, you uh, you will gain gain some time. Yeah, and. And I guess if you got creative with the way that you drive around during and after being loaded or unloaded, then sure, yeah, being a whole lot of a lot more time. Yep. So yeah, I can't argue that point. Is is that going to come up on a on a roadside inspection though? I mean, you as a law enforcement officer, would you be able to well, say, you know, what you fudged this one, or 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 are you know, just going to say can... the electronic log is the be all and end all. I'm not going to question it. You know, chances are, and again, if you don't look like a wounded gazelle and everything appears to be, you know, what it is, I'm just going to glance over it. And and I always said this with paper logs, you know, fill in all of the information. Don't, you know, there's nice to know information and then there's required information. But if you fill out everything, and if you're if you're not a team driver in the spot where it asks for a team driver, you just put NA. If I can just glance at it and it looks like everything's filled out, and you know I'll kind of look at it and and I've got an idea how long it takes to get from point A to point B, and you know as long as you're being reasonable, I never made a big deal out of it. When uh, when I kind of raised my eyes. 
eyebrows is uh, you're a flat decker and you've got a load of random length cedar that's tarped on your trailer. And with a straight face, you're going to tell me you loaded and tarped that in 15 minutes? I got to call bullshit to that. So, you know, if you're reasonable and, uh, you know, dates and timestamps still have to, uh, still have to uh, line up. And, uh, you know, if you're, if your shipper, and again, I'll, I'll go from experience, you know, I'd phone a customer up and uh, say, geez, I've got uh, uh, Rico here, Rico's trucking pulled over, and they loaded at your facility at, uh, he's showing 8.30 this morning, I'm investigating an incident, can you tell me what time he was there? Well, they can't roll over fast enough on you to tell you, oh, 8.30, oh, God, no, 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 he was, he was uh, backed in the door at 4.30 this morning, and at uh, 5.45, he was, he was long gone. Oh, thank you very much. So be careful on, on creativity. And, and if you're a one-horse operator on your own authority, you have the ability to go in and edit the log. And anybody, any carrier can, can edit the log. On a roadside inspection and on a tablet, it really doesn't show up that it was edited. However, in the back office copy, it shows you have to edit it. You have to give an explanation of why you edited it. And uh, the driver has to agree to the edit and sign off on it. And uh, that stays there for the required, you know, the record keeping of six months. So if you're audited, that will come back and bite you in the butt. You know, chances are you'll get away with it on a roadside inspection, but uh, in an audit or in the event of an incident, yeah, you're just setting yourself up for a world of hurt. So I'd be careful for, for those guys that are, you know, doing creative editing and, and doing business as usual. So yeah, I'm going to try to squeeze in before the end of the show. Uh, Byron, we appreciate the phone call. We're going to jump over and grab Steve. Steve, you're up and on board with Rico and Dale. How can we help? Hey, thanks for taking my my call, you guys. Uh, one of the things I wanted to run over with Dale is that um, I ran into a situation last week down in Orlando, Florida. Um, I get to the uh, gets to the ship uh, to the receiver. And receiver, basically, you know, at my appointment time, um, well, I was there like an hour before my appointment time, but receiver's like, uh, you can't be on our lot and only check in 15 minutes before time. So you're going to have to go yeah. down to the local Walmart, which is like, which is like a, uh, which is like what, a mile down the road and, um, come right within your time, which, you know, that's, that's okay. But at the, but I did that and come back. And checked in, biked into the door, and wish they had you to bike your trailer in the door and then go back to the Walmart while they unload you. And um, and I basically told them, I said, hey, look, you know, I'm out of hours, and um, I'm not, not going to be able to, to do that, and I'm not going to do that. You know, um, I got my trailer in the door, and I'm bobbed, you know, I, and I'm unhooked from the trailer. And they was like, you can't be on our lot. And I just basically told them that I'm out of hours of service. And so, 
So the little security guard, you know, he got in the uproar. I was willing to show him my hours of service on on my log, but he, he was like, you can't be here. So I didn't move. And so he wound up call, calling the cops on me. And when the uh, cops got there, I basically told him, I said, well, well look, here, here's the deal. I'm here. I'm out of hours of service and I can't move. And um, he want me to go down, want me to go down to the Walmart about a mile until they call me after they get me unloaded. But I told him, I said, I'm not, I can't move according to my, my logs. And I, and I basically told him that if you force me to move, um, that's called coercion, which is you making me leave, um, leave the place when I'm out of hours of service. And so the cops looked at the security guard and said, the, you know, basically told him, said, ain't nothing I can do here. My hands are tied because this is private property. And, um, you know, basically told him that you have to, you know, call a tow truck or whatever like that. And so, so long story short, I didn't move. And they basically did call the tow truck to come and um, tow my truck. But, but by the time the tow truck was there, they had gave me a call and said that, that, that they got me unloaded and I was hooking up to my trailer. Okay, now, even with that, you know, even with that, um, I still didn't leave the prop property. I had to park on the side of the road, which I don't like doing, but I had to park on the side of the road until my hours of service was up. And the question I have for Dale is that uh, using that coercion, uh, can you explain that a little bit more and, and what kind of fines that the uh, FMTSA has in place for someone to uh, make you move or make you drive when you're completely out of hours of service? Sure. Well, and and something that you can do and to get you out of the out of the conflict and 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 out of the uh, I guess out of the situation. If if you're unhooked and you're going to bobtail down to that Walmart, um, I'd bobtail down there on personal conveyance because you're going right back. And mm-hmm. and that's completely legal. And then just go back after your ten hours is up to get your trailer. Um, you can you can have an unladen trailer and still use the uh, the personal conveyance. Um, yeah, law enforcement on on private property they really don't want to get into it. Um, as far as what the FMC is, FMCSA has laid for charges, you know, I'm not aware of, uh, of anything that they've published, you know, on, on fines or stuff. I know they're taking it very seriously and they will do investigations and they will do audits. They're mainly, you know, going after carriers that are, are forcing drivers to do things. But, um, yeah, you know, worst case scenario, you get onto a safe haven on personal conveyance and just make notes in your log that, you know, thrown out of the pro- thrown off the property. Security guard Bob with Fred Security, the one that ordered me off the property, and uh, you drove down the road for a mile, two miles, five miles to get to uh, your nearest safe haven, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you'd be fine with that. Okay, I, I was just wondering about that, um, you know, because I was uh, leased the Landstar. And I uh, been up under my authority, my own authority now for three months. And when I left Landstar, I brought the uh, Omnitrack TLD, and you know, and just hooked 
hooked it up, you know, just have the account hooked up up under my uh, trucking company name. And, and I'm sort of new, you know, sort of new to this whenever, whenever you're talking about, you know, what, what you can and can't do in that area. But, but, you know, whenever I, um, you know, hollered uh, co- coercion, you know, the the city cop just didn't want to get involved in it or anything like that. And, and I don't think yeah. that it's right. I don't think that it's right that, you know, here it is, you bring your product at, at appointment time, because if you miss your appointment, they're going to turn around and tell you, you have to reschedule or whatever they tell you to do. But if, but oh, I don't that, think it's. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. And that just makes me absolutely crazy when, when I show up at my appointment time and yeah, you have no intentions of, of loading or unloading me until you feel like it. But you're right. I mean, God forbid I'm 20 minutes later, I got to open my wallet and, and beg to be unloaded at the end of the day and pay a $200 fine for that privilege. So yeah, I hear you with that. Yeah. But okay. I I do appreciate it. I just, you know, I I just want to be clear in that area and, you know, and want to know what's the best, best way out of that. You know, it worked for me that time, but it could have went the other way in that, in that. Sure. And in that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and like and I say, I go on Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll just yeah. reiterate that. Use that, use that personal conveyance stipulation because you don't want to, especially now under your own authority, you don't want to. And I know that this is going to be, uh, this is going to be probably a little bit of a hotbed topic um, because you don't want to get into a situation of now as your own as your own carrier. Uh, you lose the opportunity to be able to service a customer or something else, and, and and that's not to say that every every customer is not worthy of keeping. You know that, <laughs> but you right. don't want to. Uh, if if you can avoid if you can avoid certain situations or whatever, you know, make a note to yourself and say, okay, I, I, all right, you know, uh, because sometimes you know, unfortunately. Things like that have a have a way of sometimes, you know, it becomes a bigger pissing contest than anything else, and it becomes about, you know, when you're dealing with someone that's a, a minimum wage security guy uh, wanting to be able to throw his weight around and prove his point, then, you know, then they get a little gung-ho about that because, by God, you, you stinking truck driver's going to listen to what I say. You don't have any yeah. authority anywhere else, but he, he's going to use that as an opportunity to, to, to maybe throw his weight around more than he probably should. So sometimes, uh, um, as the old as the old uh, uh, war veteran told me, they find sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. So you you got to use a little bit of discretion on 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 those type of situations and just you know. Uh, and I understand I understand completely where you're coming from with the whole situation, but you could have you could have probably used the uh, personal conveyance to get yourself out of a jam and and, and avoid that pissing contest in the future. And, and yeah, you know, Rico hit the nail on the head. You know, is this a hill I want to die on? Yeah, I got you. It makes sense, and I and I do appreciate that. I really do. And uh, you know, I'll just throw that out. If if anybody else, because I I know we're getting up to the end of the show, you know, wants to find me, I'm on Facebook. It's uh, Dale Howard. And uh, I'm out of Alberta, Canada, High River, Alberta, Canada. So hunt me down on Facebook, and uh, I will do my best to uh, help you out any way I can. Or uh, next uh, next week, uh, Reno uh, Rico's uh, lovely call screener would be can uh, give you my phone number, and 
we can pass that along, or uh, you can get a hold of me through uh, Let's Truck, the, uh, the website, and they'll uh, get in touch with me. So anything I can do to help out, I'm, I'm here to do that. Absolutely. Once again, Dale, we definitely appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and join us on, here on the Rates and Lanes podcast. Uh, hopefully everyone got something from good from it, and uh, we'll see you guys. We want to, well, we got to give the thank yous out. We want to definitely thank Dale Howard once again for taking time out of his schedule. Thank you guys, the listeners, for taking time out of your schedule to tune in, listen in, download the podcast, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, we want to thank uh, thank uh, Manaya is doing our call screenings tonight. So uh, my daughter Manaya is screening our calls tonight. We want to give her thanks, and of course we would be remiss in our duties if we did not thank Kevin and Lisa Rutherford for providing us with the platform to be able to bring this show to you week in and week out. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we want you guys out there to be safe. God bless you. Good night, and we'll keep and keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise. And we'll talk to you next. Good night, Dale. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.